Welcome audio listeners. My name is Tanner Mitchell with the introvertsvoice.com. In this podcast series, we will highlight introverts in business. We'll learn their stories, their successes, and their struggles. The goal here is to help other introverts in business or who are thinking about going into business and give ideas on how to use their personality to their advantage. So with that, let's get started. Today, we have a very special guest with us. Her name is Andrea Heston. She is a marriage and family therapist working primarily with kids and their parents. She also sees couples, families, and women dealing with anxiety and depression. She has workshops on parenting, and it's called Happiest Baby on the Block. You can find her at Andrea Heston Counseling on Facebook or at www.andreaheston.com. Dot com and her practice is located in McKinney, Texas. Welcome to the show, Andrea. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'm really excited to get into this today because, well, for a lot of reasons, but one of the main ones is I feel like, well, you're an introvert, right? That's why we oh, yes. connected. <laughs> so one of the biggest skills I think that an introvert has is connecting with people, which is oh. which is which is often a misinterpretation because I think a lot of people think introvert um, don't don't be around people but the fact is is that introverts are very good at one-on-one type relationships which is exactly what therapy is about right absolutely yep it's all about that one-on-one conversation no other noise in the room absolutely so Andrea I want to hear a little bit about your story I want to know more about your your when you first realized that you were an introvert or what your earliest memories were about that and how they sort of blossomed you into the person that you are today, how they affected you in, 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 in your growing up? Sure. So I think, you know, looking back, um, I have always been very introverted. Um, I would have described myself, though, as a child, as someone who was shy and anxious. Um, And those labels, you know, could be kind of detrimental. Um, I wish I had known that it was an introvert, you know, as a child, because I think I would have been like, oh, okay, that makes more sense. This is who I am. That's cool. Um, But I didn't figure out really what that meant until I was probably in college um, taking psychology courses. You know, and of course, you do the Myers-Briggs, because that's like the first thing they introduced to you. Um, and then it was like, bam, oh, introverted. Well, this makes more sense. Um, so I got to know myself a little bit better. Um, and then looking back, I just think, wow, yes, always kind of hung out on the side of the room, always observed, always wanted um, deep friendships, but struggled to, to get that. Um, I moved a lot as a kid. And so I always just felt a little different. Um, so I think now as an adult, now that I know that's who I am, I know that I'm a little different and I'm totally embrace it now. Um, it makes those friendships easier. It makes things, um, I don't know, just makes things a lot better for me being able to label that. I totally agree. Once you, once you know what it is, you're able to seek and find out tools and realize that maybe they weren't as much of a hindrance as you might've thought. Um, right. So you mentioned the Myers-Briggs. What, what, what are your results on the Myers-Briggs if you don't mind me asking? I am an INFJ. INFJ, so, okay. So yeah, that's so it's well, yeah. Explain it's not that to us. Super common. Um, it's um, introverted, intuitive, feeling, judgment. Um, so 
I, it's actually labeled the counselor um, personality type. So it's fitting that I am a counselor now. Perfect, perfect. Um, I tried to be something different before. I was a restaurant manager. That did not work out very well for my personality type. Um, and it just makes so much sense looking at it. Um, I love people, but I want deep connections. I like to socialize, but man, it sucks me dry. Um, I can only socialize for a very small amount of time, and then I need quiet. You need that recharge. I, need, I have got to regroup. And I can tell, um, especially as a mom, I've got two little ones running around. After I've had several days of work and then little people at home and friends and all of that, if I have not had some downtime, I am not a very fun person to be around. So our Myers-Briggs <laughs> are very close together. Uh, I am an INTJ. Ah. Which is which is pretty close. So I have, uh, I believe, thinking instead of feeling. Yes. So it's more. It's a little bit more logical. Also, a little more analytical. Yeah. Also, uh, that's uh, from what I understand a rare one as well. It is. Yes. I don't know. And the more I read about it, the more I get scared about it because there are some great people in history who are INTJs, and there are some not so great people that who are INTJs. <laughs> That's the same with just about every personality, though, so you just remind true, yourself of that. True, true. Thank you. This is why I'm here. This is like a counseling session for me. I love, that you're, I love that the ENFJ is labeled as the counselor. How fitting is that for you? That's perfect. It is. It fits me perfectly. So you mentioned also a little bit about your childhood and that you didn't recognize that you were an introvert or that there was that label until um, – until your college years. Is this something that you do as a counselor? Do you, you know, when, you, when you're when you talking to kids, because you have kids in your practice, right? Oh, yeah. Do you give them that label to help them? They can start figuring it out now. I think that would be great. Well, I talk to parents a lot about it. You know, they'll say, oh, my child doesn't like to talk to people and they need to, you know, they need to talk to people. And I say, well... <laughs> let's talk about personality types. Let's don't try to push them to be someone they're not because that causes anxiety. Um, let's embrace who they are and teach them, give them the tools to live in a world where yes, you do have to socialize and, and we are social beings. Um, but let's not stigmatize that. Um, and so really talking about personalities with parents and letting them then at home nurture that in their children. Um, kids kind of look at me like I've lost my mind if I tell them, oh, you're an introvert. They're like, okay, I don't know what that means. Um, so it's helpful more to, to get the parents on board first. I have a, a big belief that if kids understood more about their personalities, not only introverts understand that they are introverts, but if everybody understood more about people's personalities, there would be a lot more understanding and less problems, especially within the school system. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> So yes. I think so. I think that's great what you're doing with you know, especially the kids side of it and talking with parents, because also in parents, you know, I remember when I was growing up, uh, even though most of my family are introverted, whenever I remember several times going to like the grocery store or you know maybe to a church activity or wherever, and you know my my mom would introduce me to somebody, and I was too shy to talk or something like that, and mm -hmm. she would apologize for me. And yes. I think that always made me feel like it was, you know, that there was something like wrong with me. And mm -hmm. I think that's probably the case with a lot of kids. So I would like to see, you know, some advancement in in the school system or somewhere along the lines to where 
kids kids are more aware of it. Oh, absolutely. Wouldn't it be great if there was a class instead of just history and all the other important things, don't get me wrong, but there was a class on um, who you are and just getting to know yourself and in turn understanding other people. Like if we started that emotional intelligence in kindergarten, gosh, even younger, I mean, I teach it to my four-year-old. Yeah. What the world would look like if we all just could understand each other a little bit more? That'd be amazing. Okay, so I know this isn't something that we talked about, but I want to go into it a little bit deeper. You say you teach your four-year-old this. Is there anything that you would like to share of how people can, you know, for those for those people listening who want to give their child more emotional intelligence, what are a mm-hmm. couple of tips that you can give to help your kids with that? Well, so one is letting them feel their emotions. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to have these negative feelings, right? I use those in quotes because it's okay to feel angry. Um, It's okay to feel all those feelings. And so he knows that it's okay to be mad at mom. It's okay to feel really sad. Um, And then teaching him what to do with that. No, you can't hit mom because you're mad, but you can stomp your feet. You know, that's totally okay. You can go, oh, you can make noises. I don't get mad about that. But if he starts, you know, throwing yourself on the floor, you kick me, we're going to have a whole other conversation. Um, the other is, and I think you touched on that, is not shaming your child for, for not wanting to hug someone or to talk to someone because they are maybe a little bit more quiet. They're a little more introverted. Um, I, my son, he kind of goes both ways. He's a little bit of me and a little bit of my husband. He's My husband's very extroverted. Um, but there are times where he does not want to talk to someone and he hides behind me. And I just say, that's okay, bud. Like, you're you're allowed, to, you, you're your own person. You get to make these decisions. Um, so I think that's really important is to allow children that autonomy to say yes or no to certain situations. Um, if he's uncomfortable at a birthday party and he just wants to hang out with me, I'm not going to be like, oh, you need to go play and push him out there. That's not, if someone did that to me, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like that. I'm not going to do that to my four-year-old. So um, I think we have to treat them the way we want to be treated as well. We forget that, I think, sometimes as parents. And how does that look as they age? Because you said yours is four. And mm-hmm. I would assume that the appropriate responses uh, would change as you grow up so is this something that you uh also offer in your in your counseling service or is it something that's often talked about or how does that develop yeah I mean we talk about it a lot Um, a lot of the kiddos that I work with have a fair amount of anxiety um I think you know I have anxiety as well and I think that kind of matches up sometimes with being an introvert um because as a child it was oh you're shy oh you're Nervous. No, I'm, I'm really just trying to, you know, fit in. But it came off as being anxious, and that kind of fostered a little bit of anxiety in me. Um, and I think people who have introvert, who are introverted, are a little bit more prone to anxiety um, and depression, just because we're more into ourselves. But we could, we could go off on that. Um, but so kiddos that are dealing with anxiety, you know, as they get older. Um, we do talk about social skills. We talk about, okay, so you go to this event and you're not real sure what are some things you can do to make yourself feel comfortable, but to also socialize and to also make connections. So things like you find one person to talk to, you um, challenge yourself to talk to, to say hi to three people and then give yourself permission to, you know, go, go back to the wall. Um, But you try some things so that you're not just hiding out. 
I think that's really smart. It's it's not like a baptism by fire type of deal. It's going at your own pace and being yes. aware and, and building those sort of skills so that by the time you're an adult and, you know, in the workforce and wherever, you have enough of those skills so that where you can be successful. Exactly. Because we have to talk to people. We have to say hi. We have, you know, there's, there's yeah. things that you have to do. Yeah. Um, I'm self-employed now, so I get to just kind of hang out with myself all day long. Um, but, you know, before that, I had to, you know, talk to people on a regular basis and make small talk, which is so uncomfortable for me, but I can do it. So I'm curious, as a counselor, I know, so I know that one-on-one -on -one relationships can recharge you a lot. Do you find that in, in your practice? Are you, um, do you find that you are getting recharged by having these one-on-one -on -one meaningful conversations with your clients? It depends on the day. It depends on the day, yeah. <laughs> it depends on the day and it depends on who I've been talking with. Um, you know, it's just like anything else, you know, I'm taking also other people's energy in and I have to be very um, aware of how that's impacting me. So some clients are a little bit calmer, a little bit more mellow, um, a little bit, have a little bit more insight into themselves. And so those sessions tend to not drain me as much. Um, play therapy with, with um, you know, five-year-olds can be very draining. Um, especially if they're dealing with some big behaviors. So they like to wreck the room and there's toys everywhere and it's chaotic and it's noisy. Um, so I'm usually pretty drained after that. Couple sessions will drain me very fast. Um, so it just depends. Depends on the day. Yesterday I had six sessions and I got home and I felt really great. Um, today I only have two and I may be exhausted. So it just really depends. Right. You mentioned, you mentioned couples therapy and we're going to move on, but I would, I bet that you're, husband could teach a class probably on how all that works out too like oh, because yeah. because he said sometimes it's draining and sometimes it's not and so reacting to that I think uh, is something that people should be aware of too just like they should be aware of their introverts and the tools that they can use that would be a great I mean I, the more I'm learning about your service the more I realize how awesome it is because people need these skills oh yes yeah, we need to know how to play nice with others. <laughs> yes. So, uh, so I'm curious. You mentioned earlier that you were self-employed. We talked about your your practice in McKinney, Texas. Um, mm -hmm. I want to know what challenges you faced that specifically apply to being an introvert, and how you overcame them in in your business. Sure. So, I mean, part of being self-employed and working for myself, um, I have to network. You know, in order to um, get more clients and to meet other professionals in the area. I don't really love networking. It's not my favorite thing. I don't like showing up to networking events where I don't know anybody and I have to talk and, um, you know, introduce myself and do all of that. Um, so I usually, you know, now I have a colleague, I have a friend who's in private practice as well, who's next to me. And so we'll sign up for things together. So we're kind of like the buddy system. Um, but I challenge myself, you know what, you're going to hand out three business cards and you're, it's going to be okay. Um, and so I, I say, I'm going to do the three. And if I get more than that, awesome. Um, but if I only get the three, I celebrate that too. That's okay. So it's kind of giving myself permission to embrace who I am, but also know I, I need to push through it. Um, that's part of just growing. Um, I also don't really love talking on the phone. Well, I have to talk to clients on the phone to get them in the door. <laughs> so um, I try to imagine them sitting across from me. I really like to read body language and I want to, to really see 
sounds weird to say see the tone of voice, but that's what it feels like when I'm sitting across from someone. It's like I can see what they're really saying. Um, I can't do that on the phone. And so I try to imagine them across from me um, when I'm on the phone. So those are some of like my little imagery tools that help me push through the things that I, the tasks that I really hate doing as a small business owner that I'd really rather have someone else do for me. So all of the challenges, I'm curious. Well, first of all, how long have you been in business? How long have I been in business? Uh-huh. Um, let's see. I was in group practice up until the summer. Um, and then it was about a year ago um, that I started saying, you know what? I really want to do this on my own. I, c- I can do this. Um, and so by the time July came around, I had signed a lease. Um, I had my baby in October and came back about five weeks after having her full time on my own. Um, and it's just been, it's been crazy. Every day is busy, busy, busy. Um, do all my own billing, all the, my own scheduling, um, calling insurance companies. It's all very draining tasks. Um, so I have to really do a lot of self care, um, and really pay attention to my energy during the day. So would you say that these skills have gotten better as you or easier, I think, as you practice them or is it? Oh, always some, yeah. Yeah. It's just like anything else. It's just like working out. It's just like any other kind of um, activity that you just have to practice it. If I didn't practice it, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be good at it and I would avoid it. <laughs> are these skills something that you learned in your college studies in becoming a therapist or are these things that you have learned as a business owner? I think they're both. Um, you know, it's, it's finding workarounds to deal with um, how I'm feeling on low energy days where I really just want to be by myself. Um, I kind of prioritize my tasks to say, okay, well then today's the day that I'm going to respond to emails and today's the day I'm going to, handle the online stuff. I'll work on my website today. And tomorrow, after I recharge, now I'm going to do the phone calls. But it's trial and error. So um, maybe in the past I have, on low energy days, gone ahead and tried to do the phone calls and hasn't been successful. So um, I think really getting to know myself. And part of that is becoming a therapist. We do a lot of self-discovery. I wrote so many papers about myself. It's so gross. (laughs) Um, Too many, too many papers about myself. So, um, but they really push you to do your own work, to really get to know yourself. Um, And so I think that's a benefit as a small business owner. I know who I am. Um, I know my personality very well. So I I know what I can do. I bet that felt super counterintuitive to always be writing yourself, writing about yourself because introverts just don't, don't (laughs) do that. It felt awful. (laughs) (laughs) And your teacher knew it the whole time. (laughs) Oh yes. He was back there laughing because he had to do it too. So, (laughs) uh, so I'm curious, I know I'm putting you on the spot, but do you have any resources in the way of, you know, books or websites or maybe other podcasts or YouTube videos that you would recommend for, like you said, self-discovery or getting better in the skills that you've talked about so far? Oh gosh. Um, I think my go-tos, and it's it's more about being like a vulnerable and authentic, I think are kind of the things that I focus on. Um, I, I think introverts, we naturally want to understand ourselves a little bit better. We kind of, um, I don't know about you, but I tend to really like to do that kind of research. Like, who am I? Oh, I, I, um, do. I love Brene Brown. Okay. Um, she's, 
I mean, I would, if she and I were friends, we would be like, we would be best friends, but, um, that would be kind of stalkerish. So I'm not going to show up at her door. Um, but she's awesome. Um, her books, especially for women, um, talk about just embracing who you are, um, moving past shame, moving past guilt, just, um, kind of owning yourself, um, and being vulnerable and authentic. Um, so I would definitely recommend, you know, checking her out. Um, and, and, you know, getting a therapist, you know, I mean, we all need one, right? Yeah. Uh, I have one. She's awesome. Um, uh, having someone to kind of bounce that stuff around with and say, how do I handle this? Um, how do I, what do I do? I think is, is can be very helpful. I'm curious what you think about, you know, you said introverts typically like to learn more about themselves, which I totally agree with. I can really resonate with that. Do you think that comes from more of uh, I'm in my head all the time? and this makes me curious about myself or do you think it's because a lot of introverts were shamed as uh, kids are growing up and so they want to learn how to change that ah, that's a good question I think it's kind of a combination if I really had to answer I know that's not you know super specific but um, we are in our heads a lot and so I think when you are in your head a lot you want to understand yourself a little bit more and get out of your head um, and so researching kind of externalizes that internal feeling. Um, and then I think, yeah, I think there's a lot of shame surrounding um, the personality. Um, you know, I have, like I said, I have parents all the time who are like, teach my child how to be more extroverted. I'm like, oh, well, that's not a thing. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> so I'm not here to fix people. I'm here to help them be who they are. Um, you're either extroverted or you're introverted. Your personality is your personality. You're born with it. Um, I can't change personality. I can change cognitions surrounding your personality. Um, we can work on behaviors, but I'm, you're, you're, if you're an introvert, you're an introvert. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but I think we live in a world of extroverts and, you know, it's, it's, it could be hard to, to live in it. So we do want to change sometimes, but that's not, that's not the goal. This is, this is so weird for me because, Andrea, you and I have never had a real conversation. We have never spoken like this in the past or anything, but pretty much everything that you have spoken about so far is basically my mind. These are all <laughs> like exact thoughts that I have had, exact ideas that I've had. So it's very, very cool, and I'm glad that we have connected and have had this chance. Um, yeah. I want to move forward. So we just talked about the challenges that you've had to overcome as an introvert in business. And now I want to know about what about your introvert personality has helped you in business. I know I mentioned earlier that uh, introverts are, are great at one-on-one -on -one relationships, so that's sort of your wheelhouse. But what can you tell me about that? Um, I think because I observe, because I sit back and listen, um, I've, I've been able to connect with the clients that I really want to work with, and they really want to work with me. Um, and so I get really great referrals, um, because of those connections. It's, oh, um, you know, go see Andrea, you know, she's really great. Um, which feels always, you know, really good, um, to have parents want to come back because I can be kind of hard on parents. Um, you know, I do it in a very loving way, but I can be kind of hard. Um, I'm pretty, I'm pretty, um, honest. So, um, to have them recommend me after I have maybe, um, had a hard conversation with them still feels good. Um, but again, it goes back into being able to read people and understand um, the differences between all of us and to not be judgmental and to just accept it. Um, 
So I think, I think for that, it's really helped grow my my business. I mean, I'm almost to a point where I can't accept any clients anymore. Um, I'm kind of overbooked actually. So, um, so it's been a good problem to have. Um, I think too, I I take really good self, I I do a lot of really good self care. Um, that's really important to me. So that keeps me going. I don't burn out. Um, I used to, um, until I learned more about how to take care of myself and what it is that I need. And I don't apologize for taking what I need. I know that I need that time where I'm not going to be a good mom. I'm not going to be a good wife. I'm not going to be a good counselor. So I just, I take it and I don't apologize and I'm protective of it. For those listening that don't know what you mean by self care, could you explain a little bit more about that and what you do? Like an example of what your self care routine or activities or whatever they are, what, what does that look like? Sure. So for me, it kind of varies. It depends on the week. Um, I have a very close set of girlfriends that um, I like to connect with, you know, every few weeks that we can sit down and have some really deep conversations and just be 100% real with. That's self-care for me. Um, that, But those are on the weeks where I haven't been just, you know, dragged down into the, you know, all the talking. Um, bubble baths just sitting in silence. I will turn the, the radio off in the car on my way home from the office. I have a very short commute. I'm like 12 minutes from my office, so I don't get a lot of downtime, but I'll turn the radio off and just be in silence. Um, I like to read a book. I like to just sit outside, I'll drink my coffee, drink my hot tea, um, those kind of things, things that feed you. It's not sitting on Facebook. It's not Pinteresting. It's stuff that feeds your soul. Um, those are important to me. Um, even just sitting by myself at a restaurant is the best thing in the world sometimes. Um, you know, just really being cognizant of what it is that I need in that moment. Do I need silence? Do I need to connect with someone on a deep level? What, what is it that I need? Um, and, and listening to it. Do you plan for things like that? So we talked about networking events earlier. Do you sort mm-hmm. of, do you say, okay, I know I have a networking event at noon on Friday. So... Friday morning is going to be self-care so that I am built up and ready to go for for that. Yes. Yeah. So I will make sure that a lot of the times, because I do have, I'm a five-month-old, and so she's very needy, um, a lot of times I will make sure that I arrive in an event like 30 minutes early, even if it's just to sit in my car and just kind of be, because it is hard to get just alone time, you know? Um so I kind of, I prepare myself. I'm always early to everything. So um, that that gives me some of that downtime to prepare. But I'll also know, like I can look at my schedule and say, wow, Monday is going to be crazy. And then I have to pick the kids up. And so I know that that's going to be a night where I'm going to need to find 30 minutes to myself. And I'll kind of warn my husband ahead of time. That's what I was going to say yeah. next is because lots of people that are going to listen to this are going to say, how in the world do you get away from your kids? Do you have a four-year-old and a five-month-old uh, mm-hmm. quiet time is is not a thing for me in my house <laughs> when when my kids yes. are that age or they are that age or whatever how do you so you you uh, uh, warn your husband you said yeah uh, is there and I'm assuming that's because the five-month-old obviously doesn't know better they need help but right uh, well you know I'm her food source so she kind of needs me <laughs> yes exactly but I'm curious is there anything any tips that you can give for parents of maybe toddlers like your four-year-old to where they know hey mom needs some quiet time mm-hmm. well you built that into your day um when I, my son was younger and he stopped napping that was the worst day in the world <laughs> but 
It's like, no, but we still have quiet time. It's, it's a time for him also, you know, to chill out a little bit. So that might be turning on a movie for him, you know, and that's okay. And I will go sit on the couch and just kind of zone out. Um, or it might be, let's both sit on the bed and rest. Um, no one's really resting or sleeping, but it's just quiet. He's not running around. I'm not chasing him. We're not getting snack. We're not doing all the things. We're just being. And and for me, I feel like that's teaching him too that it's okay to take this time during the day that we don't have to be go, 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 go all the time. But sometimes we just need to pause right? and just right. take it and not look around and say, oh, I really should be doing laundry. I really should be doing the dishes. No, we just need to sit and it's okay. So it's really a matter of giving him that expectation, that sort of routine. Yes. It's just part of your day. You just have you just have a rest time. I think that's super, super valuable. Uh, I think a lot of times kids do, especially toddlers and the younger ones, they do really well when they know what to expect. So if that is something oh, yes. that if, if self care is part of your routine and they know what to expect and it's just a it's just a thing that happens in our house like dinner time, mm-hmm. I mean, that's I think really valuable and a good message for anybody who's looking to get more self care time where without being distracted. Yes. Well, and I think women too, we, um, a lot of times feel like taking self-care is selfish. We get that, you know, like, Oh, if I take time out for myself, that's me being selfish. No. I mean, if you're not taking care of it, no one else is going to take care of you. You have to take care of that. Your husband's not going to come to be honey. I think you need to go and take an hour to yourself. No, he wants that too. So you have to kind of communicate that with each other. Hey, you need to go take your time. I need to take my time. What can we do to support each other? you know, and, and do it and not feel bad about it. I'm just thinking of all the people that could use this. I mean, not people specifically, but so many people could use this information. So I'm Mm -hmm. so, so happy that you're doing what you're doing and delivering that message that you're giving. Um, especially for couples and, and kids, it's what I keep coming back to. These thoughts are so prevalent on my mind all the time. And I think they're very underrated in society. It's one of those, almost like X factor type things. A lot of people look at the big picture and the, and the things that are impacting right now and the solutions mm-hmm. are very short term solutions. Whereas if we understood these little things about personality, um, both as an introvert and extra extrovert, you know about each other's personalities, we could just be so, so much better as a society and in school and in the workplace. So yeah, I just really love what you're doing with your practice. Thank you. Um, I want to know, we're going to switch gears a little bit away from business. I want to know what you are obsessed with. This can be something like, you know, uh, uh, an app on your phone, uh, (laughs) anything silly, whatever it is. What, what's something that you are just obsessed with right now that's, uh, that's in your life? Oh gosh. Um, I have a book problem. Like Amazon shows up at my door a little bit too often with books, books that I haven't even gotten to read yet. Um, they're everywhere. I'm sure my husband, you know, thankfully he doesn't complain, but it probably drives him crazy. Um, I love books and notebooks and paper products and like you throw me into like a Staples and I'm <laughs> left forever. So office products are, it's such a weird thing you know the smell of crayons, the Play-Doh, like I don't know. I just, I get all excited about um kind of supplies <laughs> who doesn't love the smell of crayons and play-doh 
Oh, well, you would be surprised. That, that brings you, would you be back surprised. to the great times of your childhood when you're playing. Well, I know. Right? Oh, Play-Doh. Play-Doh makes <laughs> me so happy. That's great. So I, I, in talking with you earlier, I gave you uh, an opportunity to ask me any questions. Is there anything that you wanted to ask me? Um, you know, hmm. Well, I mean, what made you kind of decide to start doing this? This is a great idea, by the way. I just, I'm kind of curious. This is not a very introverted thing to, um, to do. <laughs> when I was uh, growing up, like I said, being an introvert was a, a very shamed type of thing, even though most of my family were introverts and the people around me were really introverts. Um, mm -hmm. I, I coped with it the best way that I could with a, with knowing that I always wanted to be um, someone in business and from the examples that I had of people that were in business they were all extroverts so my idea was that I needed to uh, become more extroverted you know and I had to gain mm -hmm. those those skills and so that's where all the reading comes to my, you know comes into play because that's what I do as an introvert you know information mm -hmm. is out there other people have done this let me go find the information and so through all of the the trial and errors, I feel like I've finally come to a place over the past, you know, three or four years where uh, I've been able to find success as an introvert in business, and I feel really fortunate that it's at a, a fairly young age. I've worked for myself um, since I was 24, just relying on the businesses that I have started. And so what I really want to do, you know, it kills me to think of other introverts that are or who were in are in my position or who you know the position that I was in where they have great ideas or you know business opportunities in mind or whatever it is but they won't ever take the next step because of what they believe are are limitations with their personality Mm -hmm. At one time, you know, way back in like Roman ages or, I mean, even earlier than that, intro, you know, tendencies that come from being introverted like, uh, you know, reading and writing and art and all that kind of stuff, that was like celebrity status. And I feel like since then, we have completely shifted. The only celebrities are the people that are putting themselves out there are the extroverts. Mm -hmm. And so now that's sort of a, a more scary world for the introvert to come into as someone who is business-minded as an introvert. And so really what I want to do is, is give the people the skills and the uh, permission almost to, to use their ideas to, uh, you know, take action. And show them that it's not, you know, it's not, uh, it's not a bad thing to be an introvert by any by any means. In fact, I think in many ways, I've, especially as you've highlighted today, that there are many advantages to being an introvert in business. They it really really helps you because it doesn't matter what business you're in, relationships and being able to build meaningful connection like one on one between a person. That's that's important. That's really really important. And we have that skill naturally. And mm -hmm. as an extrovert, it might be a little bit harder to do something like that. So that's really why I wanted to do this podcast. That's why I do um, the website and the Facebook page and everything is because I want to bring the introverts together and give them this knowledge that it's really great to be an introvert and realize, you know, 
exploit those strengths that you have instead of hiding behind the weaknesses. I talked that I talked about that in in my last uh, podcast. Ex- exploiting uh, your strengths as an introvert in business instead of hiding behind the weaknesses. That's great. That's really great. So that went a bit that went a little bit long, but it was sort of just a stream of thought. Um, no, that's good. <laughs> all right, so we will we will sew it up here again. You can uh, you can find Andrea. Her practice is in McKinney, Texas, uh, at Andrea Heston Counseling. Uh, that is on Facebook, or her website is www.andreaheston.com. Thank you so much for being on the show, Andrea. I I'm probably gonna re-listen to this a whole bunch of times because, like I said. These are all things that I have thought that have been on my mind for a really long time. And so to to connect that way in a, in a short amount of time was really valuable. Great. Thank you for having me. Thanks for all the information. And uh, hopefully we might have you on for another episode. Yeah. <laughs> all right. That would be great. All right. Thanks again. Thank you.